Again on the sweep. Is it going to go over his head? Oh, no way. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. That is remarkable. That is one of the greatest catches of all time. Cool. Shall we just get into it, mate? Yeah. Yep. Sounds like a plan to me. Happy days. All right, then. Let's crack on. So, hello and welcome back to Proper Village Village Cricketers. You'll notice it's Rory, not Jed, doing the intro this week. Jed's off doing uh, work and various other bits. He likes to pretend he's got a busy work schedule. But uh, Scotty is here as well, so we're glad to have him here. Yep, hello, yeah. Nice to be back again after a good week last week. Uh, speaking to Chris about his career. Unfortunately, I haven't got Chris this week. You've just got me and Rory, but uh, we'll be talking everything cricket again. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy listening. Definitely. I mean, it, just to touch on last week, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, if you listen to this, you might listen to the, the Chris Scott one yet. Um, I can't really say anything more than we already said in the podcast about how great it was to chat to him. And uh, if anyone wants an insight what it's like in a professional cricketer's life from back in the, what, late late 80s, early 90s, all the way through the 90s, you'd say? Um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, have a, have a listen to that. But for now, we'll get on to uh, a bit of... Bit, well, only really big news this week, I'd say, in cricket, and that's the, the Ben Stokes-Marlon Samuels incident. I think you saw this as well, didn't you, Alex? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one, really. It's something that uh, you don't often see in cricket. I mean, there's been a few incidences um, between Warren and Bairstow, things like that, back in the Ashes. But, yeah, this is a bit of a sad one, really. Um, not something expected to see, but... Uh, yeah, well, I think we've spoke about this in nearly every session about um, a bit of banter and cricket and stuff like that. But when it gets taken too far, it's just uh, it's not what you want to see in cricket. No, definitely not. I mean, just for some uh, some context as well for listeners, uh, for the scroll back up on our group chat when I first posted this in. So ESPN Cricket did a story on Ben Stokes uh, and his return to the IPL with the quarantine he spent after being in New Zealand. And a part of that in the interview, he said, uh, I was saying it wasn't the most enjoyable thing you ever have to do. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And then he texted his brother to say the same thing. His brother asked, you wouldn't even do that to Marlon Samuels. And Stokes said, no, it's that bad. That's how tough it was. Now, the first question is, obviously, does Stokes really need to be quoting Marlon Samuels as being, I wouldn't even do it to him. It's that bad. But it's more the Marlon Samuels reply to this, which which is what me and Alex are talking about, because he screenshotted this story, posted it on to his Instagram story and uh, said, do, do we quote this? I think we can quote this. You can quote this. It's, it's on a lot yeah. of other news articles and things like that, so you can quote it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it says, no white boy could diss me in the sports and not get this back. Look at this. And I think it's bitch at that point. It's blurred out in the Daily Mail story. Uh, still thinking about giving me, still thinking about me, give me 14 days with your wife, turn her into a Jamaican in 14 seconds, mate. None of you know me that simple. None of you know me that simple means it's I can't do I can't do the English. But basically is saying that it's because of his fucking superior skin tone. You all fucking hate me or you'll hate. Fuck you. It's it's roundabout. Hard to say. I should probably do that again, shouldn't I? No, but it's, it's actually is hard to say because I read it and it's uh, it is pretty difficult to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's illegible. And also, I mean, well, just. Shane Warne came out and he said he's got no mates. All of his teammates don't like him. And Michael Vaughan, I know, has jumped down his throat and, and said that's not how you should go out cricket. Uh, ben Stokes' response and the way we found out about this was that he just posted loads of pictures of Marlon Samuels to his Instagram story with no explanation, which uh, drew the attention to it quite nicely for anyone who, without him getting involved, I think. 
Yeah, I think it is. It's uh, it's something to highlight. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Stoke probably shouldn't have have said that or his brother and and made it to go to public. But that response is just absolutely disgusting. It's just something that you can't really believe that he would say something like that when he's also still in the game, still a professional cricketer. Um, he's still got a career. Um, so why would you post something like that? And like you say, like Michael Vaughan said, they're trying to kick racism out of cricket. Um, and uh, obviously with Black Lives Matter and things like that, which is a really great movement. Um, but just having the book for him to say that comment um, is a little bit, yeah, it's, it's it's just not good for the sport at all. Not good for not good for anything, any movements really. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. And uh, well, like Michael Vaughan says with it, he's coming and said it's appalling. That's how he quoted it in his tw- Twitter post, his tweet. God, I'm so not with the kids. Um, and then he also said and made a point that they're trying to stamp out racism. And of course, referencing the fact Marlon Samuel said it's because of his superior skin tone. Um, he said a bit of banter by Ben Stokes shouldn't lead to it. So I guess the biggest biggest uproar is the disproportionate response here from Samuels. Um, like we've said, it's not. It goes well beyond the the normal chat and abuse that we actually touched on last week with Chris as well. Um, it's a bit more personal. It's it's definitely more of an attack rather than just the, oh I don't really like him. You know, it's more yeah, exactly. more intimate. Exactly. People yeah, are always gonna fancy. people are always gonna hate each other in in sport. There's always gonna be some big rivalries that uh, people don't get on very well, and uh, it's always the case. Uh, this doesn't this doesn't have to be something like that. I mean, rivalry on a pitch is is one thing, but having Hatred to each other on on outside the pitch and stuff like that is is another thing. And I think this in this case, um, obviously the rivalry started on the pitch, and if Stokes is quite a fiery player, Marlon Sams is quite a fiery player, so you're always going to clash a little bit on the pitch, and it's obviously being carried off the pitch. But for something like this to happen, it's just it's completely out of order, and it's it's not what you want, not what you want in any sport. Never mind about cricket. No, definitely not. I mean, if you first put a, a village twist on it again. We've discussed a little bit about the whole mind games of village cricket. We spoke about the the the, the verbal volleys you get behind the stumps sometimes last week as well. And this is this is beyond that. This is more this is more like we said, aggression, isn't it? It's more abuse, it's more that kind of thing. It's something you don't want to see in cricket. On a weekend you'll get things like, Oh, someone get this bloke a taxi, you can't drive. And that's kind of the extent of the insult. It normally doesn't go further from the uh, the technique and attacking play of the batsman rather than the the batsmen themselves so it's yeah very not okay I think is the summary for this one isn't it yeah exactly that's the that's the case and like I say in village cricket it's just very much so um, trying to get in people's heads a little bit just to try and buy yourself a wicket if you most of the time if you know a good batsman is quite good um, it's a good good way of trying to get in his head a little bit and try to get him out but as I was saying to you the other day I think the more you play against so let's say you play in the same league for a few years the same team and you play against the same people that's when you start to build rivalries. But I think in village cricket, then rivalries just stay very, very friendly. And you know, off the pitch, you have a beer together, you have a bit of a chat. But on that pitch, there is quite a rivalry because you know that that player is a good player. He might score some runs, he might get you out or whatever. So I think it's a big part of the game, that friendly rivalry and, and giving each other a little bit. But uh, no, when it, when it goes something like this, it's, it, it just doesn't stand well at all. No, no. it's Like you said, it's, it's, it's beyond friendly rivalry. And I think that's the. I think I don't think anyone has come out in support of Marlon Samuels in this. Um, I've not seen anything to say they have. So it seems like he is standing quite solo in the entire affair. And it'd be very interesting to see what any kind of backlash is going to be for his cricketing. 
career as well. I mean, we've seen what happened when people people go above and beyond with insults before. Um, and to be honest with you, if there's anyone I was going to pick a fight with, I don't think it would be Ben Stokes, given his his history of throwing hands. <laughs> He's got a good so, one bomb. Yeah, good one bomb, and then I think I, people know him more for that than they do for his cricket sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's it's easiest thing to do here is draw the line under it. Say it's just it's just not done, um, and then comparing it to the, the village cricket, like we're saying, it's the rivalries in cricket professional otherwise should be friendly should be enjoyable it should be a part of enjoying the game it should be something that adds to it rather than detracts um and again referencing back to last week go and watch it if you haven't chris said he spoke about the fact that it was all the abuse he got from players who were weren't that good and they were just trying to say oh did you hear what i said to him later on in the bar you know um but that's again i think fitting into a different side of the the chat and the sledging again i think that becomes more of this abuse like the Marlon Samuels thing then what we're talking about with the banter and the and the if you know someone and you play with them against them every year you get a chance to to get to know them and you have the beers after the match and there's stuff that we can't have because of the coronavirus the chats in the bar those things build those friendships and build those games to be more more enjoyable I think like like you said yeah I think it's more of a balance isn't it trying to get that balance right I and mean, we played a game second to last game of the season I think it was and there was a lad just speaking the whole throughout the whole game every single ball he was saying something and, and their players started saying like just shut up mate it's just getting bored so I think it's finding that balance like you've got to like give a little bit of stick to show you not stick but sort of a bit of chat because it shows you in the game and you're up for the game and you, you're competitive you want to you want to be in the game but it can go too far even that he wasn't saying anything special that guy but then he dropped a catch then he got out third or fourth ball and I think you set yourself up sometimes if you're constantly chatting, constantly chatting. Whereas if if you chat a little bit, have a bit of banter, stuff like that. I mean, a lot of my our banter within the team is is taking the piss out of each other, our own teammate. Never mind yeah. about other team. But I think it's just about showing that you you you're just having a bit of fun, but you are up for that, are competitive, and you're up for the game. Um, just finding that right balance, really. And I think it can be hard to find that right balance. And yeah, I know a lot of people. I've been in some games where I think. Oof, someone shouldn't have said that in my own team or you've been batting or someone someone said something you think what the hell are they talking about but yeah I think it's just yeah. it's just finding that balance really and I think at village cricket level the level we're at certainly it's not a main issue I think if you played for the Collingham first team or something it'd become a little bit more a um, bit more chat and stuff like that but at our level certainly playing for North Scotland and things like that I think it's uh, just a bit of friendly banter whatever it is Yeah and you got it. yeah definitely um, when you speak about the difference between the chat and obviously the players abusing their own team. We had Jed last week. Uh, he was a little bit upset, wasn't he, about the chat that we gave him during a match. Um, but it's all like hard and we all come from playing rugby together as well. So there's a lot of teams we all play in that league that we play rugby with on a weekend. I mean, we play Tommy Gunn sometimes as well, don't we? We play... Yeah, exactly. And a lot um, of them players... Against the Rebels as well, yeah. So scar for three years, three or four years. So I played against all them teams and I know quite a lot of their players through just playing against them and they know They've had some good game against us, maybe scored some runs. So it's just competitive in that way and you can have a chat with them and whatever. And I think you start to build up a relationship with other teams um, and actually enjoy playing against them because you know all oh, that player's a decent player. If we get him out, whatever. So then it, I think that's quite a nice side of village cricket that we have. And it'll be the same in international cricket and all that. You play against the same team. So you start to actually um, make friends with the other team and know, and know their skills, whatever. So I think it's uh, it's all a good part of it, and uh, it's something that will never be taken. It's just the competitiveness that's inside humans that comes out sometimes in that chat, and I think that's when yeah. it's fine and acceptable. But 
when it goes further than that, that's when it starts to uh, starts to hinder and not be a good thing in the game. Yeah, I think a part of it is like you've said, it's when you build that relationship, you know the players you can have that chat with. Uh, it's it's we spoke about choosing who you who you decide to give the chat to. The you referenced the second last game of the season, the last game of the season for us at Scarl against Caithorpe. That was my old club, and there was plenty of. I mean, that was all out abuse flying around at some points, but that was because I've grown up with them, played cricket them for three, four years, and I went over Scarl. So it's 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 knowing the people that you that you dish in the sledging out to, rather than just going. I mean, no one wants to give abuse to a ten year old, but you'll always have someone. I remember playing a game as a fourteen year old. I am a little bit taller than most, you can agree. Yeah. But I remember playing a game as a 14-year-old and having someone steaming in and staring me down. It was like, holy fuck, this is a fully grown man. You know, like I'm not I'm not here to be to be mentally, I guess, attacked in that way. But then now when I play, I mean, I'm all for it when I'm playing against all the lads I used to play rugby with and definitely against K-Thorpe. I was asking them if they were okay with me bowling bounces when I rocked up at half 12 in the afternoon. So it's... It's all it's all a balance, like you said. It's all about picking your moment and picking the team and picking the person. Yeah, exactly. And you've just got to, I think, just learn that throughout playing, don't you? you? You know when to turn it on, when to turn it off, really. I think the most of the time when you are just saying something is when you're in a competitive game. When you're in a game where you're kind of sailing along, you're doing well, obviously you don't really say much because it's all going your way. I think when you start to say something, it's when it's not going your way and you need to get someone out and things like that. We saw it with Steve Smith. We've we've spoken about Virat Kohli as well when they went to toward Australia. Um, England tries to get in Steve Smith's head. England tries to get in Steve Smith's head. Tried to get him outside of his comfort zone. Um, Australia tried to do the same to India with Virat Kohli because these players are just above and beyond, and you need to get rid of them because they're going to make damage and they're going to do score some runs and do take the game away from you, don't they? Really? So exactly, uh... yeah, yeah. you get these rare players who are a class above and, and you do end up resorting to mind games and, and these little technicals just to just to wind them up. Look at the 2005 Ashes. The, Ricky Ponting was absolutely fuming when he got ran out. Who was it? Who? Well, there was, was Flintoff ran him out and there was, was also me? a substitute fielder. Substitute Gary Pratt, fielder, yeah. Gary yeah, Pratt? something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, substitute fielder on the pitch because Simon Jones had just done his hamstring or his, his knee or whatever it was that... And, Sam Jones just ended his career essentially that game, hadn't they? And Ricky Ponting went off, hurled an abuse up at the dressing room, the England dressing room, because he was angry that they'd used a substitute fielder to get him ran out, you know. And they had been doing, but at that moment in time, it wasn't, of course. But it was another mental way they could they could disturb him and put him off his rhythm, and it worked because he got ran out by. Yeah, it, you exactly, know? exactly. It's fine trying to find that, trying to find that edge um, when there's when there's someone that's. Really good players just try to have that edge over them, and, and sometimes a lot of the time it doesn't work, but on that odd occasion it can work. And when it does work, obviously, then you start going, Well, we'll do it again, we'll do it again until it works again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a part of the game. It's, I think, that friend, I want long as it, when it stays at friendly rivalry and a bit competitive, I think that's fine. But when it gets a bit when it gets abusive, that's the stage where you go, Oof, that's, a, that's a story for another day, and I don't think that's right. Yeah, so being more like Ben Stokes and less like Marlon Samuels is what we're saying. That's the that's the, the summary for this story. I yeah, think, isn't exactly. It? Yeah, yeah, and try and be the better person. <laughs> I'm in it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just the comparison of the banter versus the abuse. I think is the the nice way the analogy for it. It's not the right word. We know. We all know what we mean. It's fine. Um, now sticking with Ben Stokes, his hundred the other day in the IPL, very impressive. Then his fifty off twenty six, I think. I mean, it got us to talking about is he 
And do the Royals have the best the best batting lineup in that IPL team? Yeah, I think it was uh, it was lovely hundred for them. Uh, obviously, it, they need to get some wins now, register Royals to be able to qualify for them playoffs. So it's that's when your big players stand up, and he stood up with a hundred and a fifty. So I don't think you couldn't ask any more as the the Royals coaches and the Royals set up for for your opener to score one hundred and fifty runs in the past, or a little bit more than one hundred and fifty runs in the past two games. So I think. Uh, I think that's really, really good, and it just shows what he is under pressure. He can, he just performs under pressure, uh, and that, and that for me is a is a world class player, someone that can perform under that type of pressure. But yeah, I think, I mean, they've got an unbelievable batting lineup when you look at it. Um, even Archer down there has scored has scored quite a few runs, hasn't he? He's boomed some sixes. Oh, I'm sure his strike rate's been ridiculous. I would say overs like 16 to 20 his strike rates at 300 or yeah. something silly. That little stat about Archer. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, um, I'd say yes, they have an unbelievable batting lineup, but I think that's because we look at them and their they, all their kind of uh, overseas in their team are batsmen. Um, so we look at them uh, as saying yes, they're world class batsmen. But there's been some quite like quite a few Indian players, like uh, home players, that have scored quite a few runs um, in that tournament. I mean, I think Kings Eleven, they they've. They've had got. I didn't look at their back lineup. I thought mm, really, but in KL Rahul scored a lot. That Aguero, um, they've got Puran, Gale. I think they've yeah, got a very yeah. very good batting lineup. Also RCB. They've got Coley, De Villiers, Finch. Um, they've got another really really good batting lineup. I think the thing is, um, yeah, I would say Rajasthan Royals have an unbelievable one, but I can't name a bad batting lineup to be honest. Um, no, I think wait, as soon as you started listing off teams there, I was trying to wrap my brain for one that's maybe underpowered in comparison. But I can't. I think maybe maybe it's just because I mean of that Royals team, you've got Stokes, Butler, Archer, um, Curran as four of their internationals. Not all four, obviously. We're also talking about Steve Smith and is it David Miller? Who's yeah, there Miller's on the, on the bench. bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're all names that we know very well from all the cricket we watch because it's England, Australia. Um, and they are really you'd, you pick of the England teams that do play in yeah. the IPL. I mean, if you were given a free choice of any England player, three of them, would you, you go Stokes, Butler, and or maybe you go Bairstow? No, I think I think at the end of the day, um, because they are English players. I think for me, I want to see Redstone Royals do well because it's nice to see the England players in the team and things like that. Um, I think that's what makes us. I think it's a you got an unconscious bias, and I think I'm the same. Unconscious bias that they're the best yeah. batsmen in the in the tournament because they've got English players in, and we love those English batsmen. And so I think without without meaning to, you do have a little bit of a um, bias, and it's a idea exactly the same because they're English. Yeah, and, but they have they have they have scored runs. I mean, Butler's he's not scored as many as he did because the year before and he got like six fifties in a row or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. but he still uh, he still he still scored quite a few. Um. And Stokes, he's just come into the tournament and, and smashed it everywhere. I don't think Smith's having the greatest tournament. I mean, he got knocked out. I think he started quite well. Him and yeah, he seen there you got Samson um, as well. Yeah, he scored a few runs. Yeah, Samson scored. I'll tell you who did. Um, is it yeah, Robin Otapa. He hits the ball yeah, very hard. He actually, actually, actually turned it on. So it was the Kings 11 match of the night. I turned yeah. on. Halfway, it was actually just after Chris Gale got bowled by Archer, but we'll come to that in a second as yeah. well, I'm sure. Um, but it was just as he started hitting the ball around the top of me, and he hit this ball. It was, it was like such a nonchalant slog sweep, and it, 
in a heartbeat hit the boundary. Really right? just you know, smashed it, it. hit the ball yeah. so hard, yeah. And I was so angry that I, the replay they showed was in slow motion. And that really annoyed me because I just wanted to see that full speed and see how fast that ball came off the back. Yeah, it flew ridiculous. off it. Just, just the strength. Yeah, just, and that's quite nice to show, to showcase that talent that you do get in the Indian, in the Indian Premier League. That we yeah, get. exactly. I mean, he's um, uh, he's played for KKR, Kalkut Tonight Riders, the Tarpa, but uh, no, he's, he's, I think he's been there and done that. Really, he scored quite a lot of runs in that Indian Premier League. So, no, I think this year has been a really nice year to actually see a lot of the Indian players do quite well. And I don't think we've had as much yeah. of an influence from the overseas than in previous years. I know Kagiso Rabada is leading the top wicket-takers. Um, he's an unbelievable bowler. It's actually nice to see the delicate Capitals do well because uh, the previous years I've watched it, and I'm afraid they've always been holding up the whole of the table. Um, so I think Ricky Ponton, mm. his influence is coming to that team and, and pushed them up that table really, really nicely. And they've been, they've been a strong team. I think they read, they're, sorry, they're led quite well by uh, Shreyas Iyer. I think they've had a really, really good tournament. But they haven't got loads of overseas contributing all the time. Um, they've obviously got Rabada, but they've got, uh, Ashwin in there, world's best spin bowler, arguably. Um, and they've got the, the so in the young Indian batsman, they've got uh, the wicket keeper, they've got Shikha Darwan. Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think, I'm sitting here trying to think of any other overseas players that they have that do contribute. They've got um, Stoinis, Stoinis is, uh, he's not been playing too bad. Um, yeah, Stoinis, yeah, he's not a bad bowler, he's not a bad bowler, so they've got him. But apart from that, I mean, they've, had, they've got Shikadar on open the batting with that Privet, Privat and Patel. Um, they've got the wicketkeeper, yeah. what's his name? Um, Indian wicketkeeper, I can't remember his name now, but uh, he can give it, left-hand batsman, he can give it a big, big switch. So, no, they, they, they've done well, actually, to be honest. Uh, it's been nice. I mean, it's nice to see different teams doing well. I know it's a bad thing, but CSK bottom um, and can't qualify, but actually, it's nice to see different teams doing well because they're always there or thereabouts. Um, yeah, I'm actually quite interested to see how CSK react. To I that think though, it's because they've always been quite a proud team with only leading them, and it's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to see how they kick on. They've only got two yeah, more games I, left I think now. For me, the only thing that I can think of, they've not really changed the team, but the problem is they've got an aging team. They've got Shane Watson, yeah, Plessy, well, I think they're both over the age of 36. There or thereabouts. Yeah, I think don't yeah. use Shane Watson's been out of international cricket for two or three years now, so he's definitely getting exactly. You've got uh, don't use thirty nine years old. I think they've been having they've had a project over the last ten years or whatever it's going to be. It has been. I know they were uh, they were banned for a bit, weren't they? Or was it CSK that were banned? I know it was registered. I'm not sure. I think it could have been. C- I can't remember. Anyway, so they've had a project over the last ten years where. They've invested in these in these young players that were young international players at the time, and now they're getting to that end of that cycle that the and they're kind of on that downfall again. So what they need to do is in that next gotcha. uh, auction, personally, what I believe is is invest in some young players and go through that cycle again. They've invested in one and young Sam Curran. I think he's done very very well this tournament. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I think it's about time. They well, and they've got Ngidi's not bad, but I think they need to invest in some young good Indian players to be able to. Bring them through this uh, this challenging time that they've had. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's it's, it's just at the end of that cycle, really. At the end of the day, and I think teams get all teams go through that, whether they're international team, whether they're. Uh, or you look at, for example, in uh, in rugby in England, Leicester, they've um, they had a lot of aging yeah. players, and they they oh, go through that cycle yeah. again, whether they're on that downfall, not doing very well, and it's just about 
how you how you how you bring them. I don't think it's in the Indian Premier League. Certainly, I don't think it's the right thing to do to just keep investing in like overseas players because you're only allowed four in the team at a time. So I think it's really important to invest in the in the Indian and in young Indian players and see how they do. I completely agree. Um, and I think one thing you've got to bear in mind as well when you do that is that the stats don't always reflect how those young players have done in a season, especially in a game like the IPL. We spoke last week about the if you go over 10 runs in the IPL, that's sometimes considered a decent over for a bowler. You know, it's it's not it's not uncommon to go for 12, 13, 14, sometimes 17. And that's that's within the power play. Um, so, Sammy Curran, he had a game the other week, what was he, went for 35-odd runs, I think, off his four overs. In any other game of cricket, you'd be like, that's a lot. But his last over only went for three. And that's more important, you'd say, than having the first 20-odd overs when it's, it's the end of a near run chase and you've only got 10 or so to get and your penultimate over goes for three runs, that helps your last bowler out. That's more of an impact and definitely from a younger player helping out a team than just simply stating his figures as being naught for whatever it was, you know. Um, so I think they, if they are going to invest in young players, they have to continue looking at him on merit and not just on, on historical stats and facts. So I think they can all get caught up on that too much. Yeah, exactly, time. exactly. I think... Uh... Yeah, I think it's. I'm just looking at their team now. Actually, their last team from the game, and you look at some of these players. You have got Shane Watson. He's he's quite old. Raidu's fairly old. Donny's fairly old. Jaja's probably thirty, around thirty. Um, you you got some. You got some quite older players there. That it just it's just a time for change, really. But uh, no, Sam Curran's done well. I think he's uh, he's he, he's not what is he? Sam Curran, twenty one, twenty two. Um, I think he's twenty two yeah, now. Same age yeah, as me. Sam Curran. We should have uh, should have had Jedi for this. He could be able to tell us exactly. His yes, Jed's a massive fan, Jed isn't he? But to be fair, it's um, I can understand why he's a uh, he is a really good player, uh, and he and he knows his and he's and he's learning he's learning every single day. And the thing is, say, oh yeah, he's a good player now at twenty two years old. But by the time he, in in four years time, if he plays every year in the Indian Premier League, gets some more games for England stuff like that, he'll, he'll be an even better player. So yeah, it's good to see someone coming from the setup at such a young age, really. Oh, definitely. I mean, you look at Jimmy and Brody, when they were 21-22, they weren't... I mean, they were very good, obviously, but they were completely different bowlers to what they are now. Stuart Broad was the enforcer. He was the one slinging in bouncers and then trying to rough a batsman up. And Jimmy Anderson used to just try and bowl it as fast as he can. And that look at them. They're both masters of swing and England's leading wicket-takers on the test side. So, I think you've got to, you've got to take into account their uh, talent at this stage, but we can't we can't say for sure this is him at his peak. We, we can only hope that he's going to kick on and yeah, exactly. It's just about, um, I think, being in those setups and things like that, that's where you can improve um, the best you can because you get the best coaching and things like that. And that's something we were talking about the other day is, is, is when you get the chance to uh, to get some good coaching, to be in some setups. It's not just the set, like the pride of being in that setup. It's actually more, more important is the coaching that you get um, that allows you yeah. to be able to, to become a better player once you're in that setup. Or well, like we've said before, it's not always not just the talent of a player that makes you as good as you are. It's the coaching you're exposed to and the environment you play in. Um, if we if we wanted to stick around at a, I'm not going to name names, but say a tier seven East Midlands club for a whole life, you know, we're not going to get the same exposure as if we go to different countries and travel and play at a different level, are you? So it's it, you've got to you've got to take into account that you're not only ever going to be as good as you push yourself to be, and it sounds like Sam Curran's taking advantage of the the team he's in. Um, taking it back to the other end of the spectrum, though, let's uh, let's go with some of the older older statesmen. Chris Gale, 
99 bowled in the last over. Did you? I uh, did. did you I did. He just tried to play a little defensive, didn't he? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it was. It was, it was a just. Very it was just archer. just short of York, New York, and I think he just went for the defensive. He missed his bat, hit his pad, and bowled his off stump. So it's uh, for for Chris Gale. I mean, he would have been upset not get a hundred, but he's been there and done that. He's, he hit his a thousandth six in T Twenty cricket, so he scored six thousand runs. He scored Jeez. six thousand runs in sixes. Some players don't even reach that exactly. You just lifetime. cannot believe that's... it, can you? I mean, he's. What is he now? Forty-one years old, so he's played a lot of T Twenty cricket, and that's his. That's what his job's been like was, around though. the world playing T Twenty cricket, isn't it? Yeah, man, he doesn't look like he's forty-one either. Have you seen the post he puts on his Instagram? Yeah, he's still stats. Yeah, man. he's, he's, he's yeah. an unbelievable guy, and he's he's, uh, he's somebody that uh, I think cricket would be very, very grateful to have in terms of T Twenty cricket, and it's helped it helped uh, take it off really, and and for people to like it because it's just about having characters in the sport, and he is a character like. He's got his own kind of identity as well as as him being a character. Yeah, exactly. The boss, I'm just thinking about it. So yeah. he's the boss. Um, so, but it was nice to see like uh, what we spoke about earlier. Nice, nice to see him and Archer a bit of a, a fist bump, shake hands, whatever it was, um, showing respect for each other. It's kind of uh, yeah, it was nice to see. And I think uh, he, Chris Gale appreciates that uh, what a good, great bowler Archer is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just the appreciation, appreciation of the skill. Um, there was the initial anger at getting our 99, and I think did he throw no, he his chucked, bat? Yeah, he launched it quite far, actually. Yeah, and then uh, and then had the had the presence of mind to then go and show his appreciation to Archer. Whether that was because Archer said, "Well batted, mate," or uh, or something of the like, and gave him some kind of prompt into it, we don't know. But it was it was still nice to see he had the composure to still have that fist bump, and he showed the, yeah, the yeah exactly. I was. Quite surprised to see. I turned it on and Gail was batting. I was thinking, that's weird because I looked on Twitter and someone had put on Twitter, I think it was TMS or something like that, had said, uh, Chris Gale dropped. What do we think of that? So I was thinking, well, oh, he's batting. So I uh, must have been dropped catch wise. Uh, could have been, yeah. Surely. Been right. That's all I can think of there. Because, no, because the Royals do this too. I think the Royals post a broken love heart on their Twitter feed every time someone gets out or something like that. Anytime I see the Royals pop up on my Twitter feed and it's broken heart, I think, damn, Royals have lost again. You go on and it's just because they've lost a wicket in a game they've won by yeah, 81. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that could so, have been what it was. Dropped, yeah, he was dropped on that boundary, wasn't it? Wasn't he? So, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me now. Uh, Speaking of that game, though, keeping on that topic, um, and the England players involved, what was it? Five or six was there at the game? Because there was also Jordan, Jordan playing, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, and you've got Tom Curran sat on the side. Yeah. So you had. You had Four yes. for the Royals, I think. Jordan, um, so that's five. Not sure if there's one more. I can't remember. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I saw that. I saw that picture on. I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, even. But there's there's a picture of more stuff together, England involvement in it. I think that's part of why we have got, like we already said, not just the bias, but the interest towards all of the. the oh, of course, you, it's at the moment. people that you've watched up growing and stuff like. Uh, sorry, you've watched when you're growing up. Um, so it, it's nice to see them doing well and actually having an impact because you look back five years ago, there wasn't really many English players in that uh, in that IPL. So I think the change of the way that they're focusing the cricket in England in terms of the one-day focus, it's enabled the players like that to go across there and play. And I think it's the best thing for the development. You play against the best teams, best players in the world every single week, like two or three, de- like two or three times a week even sometimes. 
So I think it's the best development that you can have as cricketers. Um, so, yeah, I love to see them. And, yeah, I'd only really watch it when there's uh, English players in it and I want them to do well because, obviously, that's that's where our bias is towards. We're English. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I think, like we've already said, that's only fair. And if anything, having been to ours and, and America and that, one thing that I've always noticed being abroad is there's always a lot more patriotism towards towards the country shown daily. But maybe as, uh, as polite-mannered Englishmen that we are, all we do is just rely on the whole... Um, all we do is rely on sport to show our patriotism and decide to just go for the whole mob yeah, exactly, approach. Yeah. That's it's, it's, it's the same in most sports, isn't it? That That's the moment where you can really, really support your your, your country. Yeah, 100%. Now, um, we did have a message from Jed. Um, I'm going to work out a way of editing it and put it in. And we'll let all of you hear it as well. But I've played it for Scotty myself and I'll play it again now. Hey, fellas. Hope you're okay. Sorry I couldn't be on the podcast tonight. Don't worry, I've not forgotten about you though. I've got three questions and three audio clips for you as part of the quizical over. I'll see you boys next week with the answers, so tune in. So, uh, we'll be doing the quiz, and if you want to play along at home, then please do. So, I'm looking forward to another one of Jed's <laughs> quiz. It was good last time, I did come out on top, so let's hope we can do it again. You did, it was one point, it was one point, and in all fairness, uh, being the being the man with the makeshift studio, I have got access to all the audio files. So I've tried not to look at the names of them. I'm just going to try and hit play on each one. I'm going to try and see where we go. So I think, do you want to start on the audio files? He's not really no, he hasn't. No, that's, there, that's like Jed, though, isn't it? So, yeah, them, so. We'll, do, we'll just go along with that. <laughs> it is, mate, it is. Right, I'll just hit play on the first one. Yeah. The audio files first, with all three. Um, and in his message, he says, all you're trying to do is name the player or the event. Yep. So right, I guess right. one point for each. Cool, happy days. This is the first one, and it looks like it carries on from another piece of footage, so I'll tell you. Right. So this is the first one. I heard two. I heard, was that two questions so in we'll one? So let's go there? for a vent. Yeah. No, 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 no. So I played again for you. I played again for you. Hang on, hang on there. I played again. So let's go with... Yeah. From here. You ready? Okay, yeah, I've got that. Yeah. You got that one, yeah? Cool. And here we go with the second one. That is very good. The swing works. The Oracle again. Now, I'm pretty sure I used this last week as an intro for the show. Uh, I don't know if that if that's lazy from Jed or if that's quite a nice way of him getting the... It could well be, couldn't it? I'm just writing down be. the... Uh... It could well be. I don't know which test that was. I'm not sure of it. I'm just, I just written down an answer. Last one, yeah. Right. Go on. We'll go for the last one, shall we? Perfect. So I think this one's a shorter clip. And that's the last one. So I think we know who it is again. I think it's going to be the event rather than anything else. Again, lack of information from Jed there. But we'll we'll not blame him. He's he has done this amongst coaching. Yep, exactly, exactly. Right. Um, I've got my uh, my answers. I'm not sure about the last one. Okay. You know. Well, I personally, you could. Do you want to go for the first one? 
Uh, yeah, I'll go first one. I'll go first one. I'm pretty sure the first one was the yeah, one out of yeah, ten that Lyon missed. Yeah, I've got that one. Yeah, I got that one right. Year, yeah. I think that's. I yeah. think that's a that's a banker. Oh, I think we know that one's both right. I reckon so. I don't think we'll have to wait until next week to find out that. Yeah, and then I've got for the each. second one. I've got Paul right. Flintoff bowling Ponton in the 05 Ashes, and he, like holds his arms aloft in the air. That's what I think that one is. Oh no! You see, I, I again, this is an unfair advantage I've got because I'm pretty sure I used yeah. this last week to open the show. I think this is Simon Jones bowling Michael Clark when he leaves. Okay, him, yeah, yeah, that could be that one. Yeah, that thing, yeah. I knew it was the 05 Ash, but I don't know which I, test. I didn't it quite is. know which moment, but yeah, that, I think you're right. And then, what do you reckon for the last one? Last one. Well, it's Jimmy Anderson taking a wicket and he's joining a memorable club. Um, and I, I, I wasn't listening to the commentary this year when he made his 600th, and I don't know. If it was this year or last, so I'm going to go for this. I year's went for 500 because wicket. I heard a crowd in the background. Uh, and obviously, at the one recently, there wasn't a crowd there, um, and he and I think he got an help. I think he oh. uh, it was caught at slip by Joe Root, whereas this one was bold. He bowled uh, Brathwaite. Uh, is it Car- not Brathwaite? Yeah, the opening Carlos Brathwaite. It the was West Brathwaite. Because Broad was also Brathwaite, got Brathwaite yeah. for his 500th. And I know he bowled, so I think it's the 500th wicket personally, and I, and I'm and I think I'm 100 percent with that because I know no, you're that right, the you're right. other one was caught by Joe Root at slip for his 600th. I think you're right there. I think you're right there. So I think I think we can work out between us then that we've both got two. Out yes, of three I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I believe so. I think you're right with the the middle the middle one and the second one. I'm fairly confident. I just don't know which test match. I'm sure Jed will forgive me that. Yeah, exactly. We we, we got that together. That's the main thing. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, all to play for in the second half, then. Uh, let me read out this first one. Okay. So, Chris Gale got his thousandth six in T20 cricket this week. But who has the second most sixes? Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm, thing is, I was watching the game when they showed this. They showed the thousand and then the next one, which was like something like that. Um, yeah. Was it 700? And then the next one was four hundred. I've got the numbers two and three, I think, because I was watching. Oh, I can't remember. Right, I'll just have a guess. Hang on. Second question: Chris Gale's sixes tally was impressive, but who had the best average in Test match cricket? So I'm assuming because he said who had the best. It's not current. Oh no! Oh, that's easy. Oh yeah, I do know who that was. Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly sure there's only one who, because yeah, we'll go into the story after. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a story we can go into about that as well. Um, and the last question, you heard James Anderson take his five hundredth yeah, wicket. I got that right. It's coldest answer. So you heard James Anderson take his five hundredth wicket in the third ball of the over. How many wickets has he now taken for really? England in Test matches? Yeah, yeah. Is it not yeah. just the round number? Oh, cool. Well, I can go for right. this one if you want, because I I know this the one well, who got wanna... the most sixes, uh, second most. I think it's Pollard. Okay, go on. I'm then. pretty sure it is. I think he's third. I've got oh, McCullum third. So it could be in the other order, you know. It could be McCullum second and Pollard third, but I think it was Pollard second and McCullum third. But Jed will uh, Jed will obviously see who's right on that one. Next one, you go, Rose. 
Yeah, yeah, I did too. The best yeah. average. Yeah. I would have done bad then. Because I'm sure there was a story when six you to like get six to get an average of hundred, but then he didn't get it, did he? Because it was the bodyline series, I think. And uh... yeah, and it got bounced down. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got the exact same, mate. Right, we'll just have to go with that as fact. Um, six hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got six hundred because the, the test was affected by rain, wasn't it? So it was took to go whether he'd actually get back on. And he did manage to get back on and take the wicket. Um, so yeah, he's on six hundred exactly. Perfect. Right. Um, should we just let's just let's just have a Google see what the other answers were. Um, no sixes. Yeah, lovely, lovely, Gary lovely. Pollard, you've got that one. McCullum was third, and it was Watson at fourth. Uh, Pollard's got six ninety. McCullum's got four eight five. So yeah, it was miles off. Uh, Don Bradman, best average in six hundred wickets. So I think just that's five five six again to you. Yeah, four, four, I think four, so. Yeah, I got five. five yeah, I got five, and you got four. No, you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it oh, is. Yes, yeah, so it's two on the trot for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gutted. All right then. Well, we're gonna have to do a Jed, a Jed game next week. He's yeah, I'll do. I'll try to do one for you and Jed. Then I think that's, uh, that sounds quite good. Um, because Ooh, I think uh, actually, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see yeah. that. I think it, I, I always like to see Jed lose. Actually, to be honest, so. Uh, I think it'll be nice to uh, <laughs> to have a bit of competition between you both and see see who's going to be the best. Who's got the cricket best cricket brain between you two? Well, yeah, I, I, well, we've actually discussed this without you, Sky, and we've uh, we've both said we reckon you know more about cricket <laughs> I than both of us put together. Um, so I might try and get an independent party come in, and we'll do a Jed and Jed and Rory versus Sky. We'll we'll give it a few more weeks and see if we can do it on our own. But uh, for now, that's. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, I mean, I, that's likely, I, I have seemed to have got a great good brain in cricket, and I don't know why because I'm not like not a great cricketer myself, but I seem to remember lots of facts when it comes to cricket, and whether that's a good thing or not, I seem to remember more cricket facts than what I do from a degree. But uh, one of them things you can't you can't change it. <laughs> no, exactly. no, and at least that's, it helps that's us exactly with the what I know. That's always a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all been leading up to this moment. You exactly. Know, you're going to be a podcaster about cricket. Um, now, before we before we move on to international fact, I think that's just about all we've got time for this week. You need to get off and do a few bits today, don't yep. you? Yeah, exactly. Without Jed, as well. Um, um, it's, just, it's just not not a short one, but we ain't got all everyone's input to put in, have we? At the end of the day, so we've not got as many opinions to to get through. And, and we've spoke about some really important things this week, I think, as well. So uh, I think it's a lot to digest, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. There's more. There's more directions you can take it, and I think um, I'm not going to tell Jed and blow his head up and say it falls apart with that. But I think it definitely works better as a threesome than it does a twosome. So we'll see next week when we've got all three back again. But for now, I just wanted to raise everyone's awareness to a short thing. So I'm not actually talking right, about right. this, Alex. I'm dumping it on you a little bit too. Um, we spoke a little bit about mental health, and we've spoken a little bit about the way that players have struggled and battled through the years. And um, this also goes across into all the coronavirus and, and all that kind of thing as well. With my local gym, I run three gyms now. One of the things we're going to be doing is a charity event for Mind, mental health charity, loads of very good things that they do. Go and have a look at it. I haven't got time to explain it now, and it's about cricket, not mental health, so we'll try and stick on topic. But for the entirety of November, we're going to try and do, I think, is it 300? Yeah, 300 kilometres within my gym. I'm going to try and row in the entirety of November. So if anyone wants to try and get in touch with the Proper Village page, we're going to share it on there uh, once or twice, and then as well on my personal stuff so get involved hopefully um, I don't know if if, if Scotty's going to be jumping on a row as well yeah do it my, uh, my... Um, to help you out because I think that's really really 
great thing to do, Rose, like we have talked about. I think uh, mental health is, is a big thing. Actually, I don't think it's spoken about enough in sport. It's spoken about a little bit outside of sport and it's starting to start to creep in more and more awareness about it. Uh, but I think it really, really needs a raising awareness of it in sport and actually being able to go down to your, to your local cricket club, rugby club, football club, whatever it is, and be able to say to your mates how you're feeling and things like that and actually get across what you need to. And I think, yeah, it massively needs awareness of it. And I think it needs to be a big push. So this sounds a brilliant thing to do, Riley. It's gone. So that'll be going live as well. Might even try and get a... Actually, to be fair, I don't think Jed's got time of day to... To sit down for ten minutes, let alone row for ten minutes. No, so we're not, we're not he, he can uh, he can help ways away uh, to control or share everything. He's a busy boy and he loves sharing stuff. And he's always been a big advocate in that sense as well. We've all we're just going to try and the, the the thinking behind this is obviously that we've we've voiced it and we've spoken about it and it's always good to talk about it. But it's got to have a bit of action in place and that's what we'll be we'll be doing then. So I'll share all that stuff on pages. We'll get the fundraising page set up and you'll see for the entirety of November. I won't bore you with videos of me rowing. And I'm sure Scotty <laughs> won't either because that's not the most exciting thing in the world to watch. But uh, rest assured, it will be getting done. I'll be taking pictures of the rowing screens. We've all seen the concept too. Rower distances and all that fun you can have on them. So that'll be going live next week, I think. We'll just have to see what happens. Because IPL-wise, there's, there's some big games coming up. Um, and then after that, we've got maybe have more news regarding Samuel's repercussions for him. Maybe a bit. Of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. After Christmas, let's talk about the England South Africa happening, or is it before Christmas? Can't quite remember. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of cricket coming up. We've got a lot of catching up to do. Whilst it wasn't on um, during that uh, that period of of twelve sixteen weeks when COVID was really really heavy. So no, I think there's a lot to to keep us going, um, and it's it's nice to have that chat every week about what is going on, and uh, and actually speak about cricket a little bit because. Yeah, you can forget about it quite easily during the during the winter times, and obviously when winter nets start back up around February March time, that's when your mind start to click back to cricket. But uh, especially before Christmas, between that September, sorry, October and and January, something like that, it's uh, something to really think about. So no, it's nice to to still have cricket on the TV and stuff like that. To be honest, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, for me, you, I'm living in the northwest now, and I don't think I can tell you the last day I had an entire day where it didn't rain. So in terms of going outside and thinking about cricket, it's very rare that I look out the front door and go, "Good day for cricket." This, and that's a part of the part of the thing as well. But what is quite nice is that cricket's a global sport, in that we took it everywhere, we we colonised and, and and forced our imperialism upon the world. So it, luckily it's worldwide, and you get summer and winter versions of it for us here in terms of what we can watch it. So yeah, exactly win-win. why you can watch it. I mean, the only problem is with cricket is that it's not really on terrestrial TV. Uh, and that and that's the big thing that I would say is quite difficult for people to watch. Um, you have to have a sky, don't you, to be able to watch all of the cricket, which is uh, a little bit yeah, sad, uh, really, yeah, to be honest, I'm, that, I'm... that people can't watch it. Everyday TV watchers, users can't watch it, and you have to have sky. And I'm lucky enough to have sky, or use my use my dad's actually. But uh, without, um, I think, yeah, I yeah it's a little bit sad. It <laughs> just stop a lot of people being able to watch cricket that would usually watch cricket. Um, but uh, no, I'm 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 lucky enough to be able to watch it all. So, uh, and if you are, then yeah, yeah, keep going, enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there is always YouTube. You can always get the highlights in there, but it's not quite the same as the entire entire game. You won't be able to say the excitement of the World Cup final last year uh, was captured in the 20 minute highlights you get on YouTube, could you? Because it doesn't, and especially in terms of Test cricket, when Test cricket starts again, you can't really watch the highlight show of that because the 
the suspense that I think is built up over a test match is built ball by ball. You know, all 2,700 balls you get bowled in a, in a game, that all contributes to the, to the suspense and the, and the intensity when something big happens, like a Ben Stokes 170 to win the game against Australia. And yeah, it's all part anyway, of it, isn't you it? You know, it's, it's got to be. So when you look back... Yeah, it did. Yeah, it used it to be did. a I mean, obviously, three, it all comes it? down to who pays the most money and things yeah. like that. Then actually, who gets the rights to it, which is uh, it's just how it is and how it works at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, but it's 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 funny though because um, I don't know. Working in the gym again, I've been watching a few more gym related, training related videos. And one of the things I got on the other day was Netflix. Yep. Um, Eddie Hall, strongman, and he talks about that about when well, strongest man used to be live to watch on TV. Yeah, and that was on Freeview as well. Um, and then you look at the NFL when that had a little sweep of popularity across England. That was because it was was that Channel Four as well, or was it BBC when it was? that was live and it was free and it was highlighted games and they did the NFL show weekly and my parents just spoke to me about how popular it was back in the day because it was free to wear and then cricket again and you only have to look at the last couple of years with cricket clubs and losing popularity and I always think it's to do with the the amount it's watched and the yeah, amount especially by young, to, young kids when they see by the public they don't and, see it on TV and, and things like that yeah. so it's not as big a part of their life as what it probably was for us and I think our generation are have found cricket quite a lot because of the uh, because of that 2005 Ashes that was on the uh, on Channel 4, and I think that's a yeah. big part of why uh, a lot of people are pushed in, and I'm hoping that you'll start to see more people come through and start playing cricket from that 2019 World Cup win. I mean, we've had COVID, which has put, probably put a halt on quite a lot of people coming into it, but let's hope the next summer things are a little bit better and, and people start yeah. to come in. But uh, no, I think we're quite lucky in our North Scar team. We've got a very, very young team with a few old, old boys in there to, to keep that mix that nice balance um, and yeah just hope that more young people come into the sport yeah definitely definitely and, and all you can do is just keep cracking on and seeing see what happens isn't it so hopefully we get rid of this Rona before the end of uh, too long and we can all get back yeah, to living, exactly. living that exactly. life to the very fullest we'll uh, I think we'll, we'll love you and leave you for this week though and uh, we'll call that a day and uh, I mean we've given a pretty good summary yeah, yeah, we'll try and talk uh, about next week haven't we We've not got uh, what 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 I'm mean, trying to think what we've got to talk about next week, but yeah, we've already told told the, the listeners what we're going to talk about next week, and things pop up as well. What you don't know, um, like this Marlon Samuel Ben Stokes thing, it's, it popped up out of absolutely nowhere. Um, so it, it's nice to see suspense yeah, and see what will actually pop up, and there'll be some few amazing performances in the IPL. So we'll have to wait and see and see see what happens. Yeah, of course, and as always. If there's anything any of you as listeners want to get in touch with us about and talk about, we've still got that question out about India and their strength in terms of players and test squads and how they're going to do this year. Um, get in touch with us. We've got Instagram now, we've got Twitter now, and we have a Facebook page, all under proper village cricket or village cricketers or anything similar to suit. Anything else similar? Um, yeah, or anything perfect. else? Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I know it's uh, you've not had Jed here this week which is uh, one of those things but no thank you very much for listening it's appreciate it and uh, yeah on to next week because we'll see you next week yep see you next week guys we'll uh, we'll leave you with Simon Jones and that that, that bally ball to Michael Clark again enjoy see you again bye that is very good the swing works the oracle again Cool, awesome, cuts, done, finished.